Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is part of the Star Wars franchise and stars Ewan McGregor reprising his role from the Star Wars prequel trilogy. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Man, is it good to see him back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I mean, this project originated as a spin-off film. That yeah, was the when... original, that was the original plan. But it was really Yeah, they worked. had announced. Well, oh. yeah, they talked about doing it, but it was reworked as a limited series following the commercial failure of Solo, a Star Wars story back in 2018. I think we've talked about that before, maybe when we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett or the Mandalorian, but it's come up once before how if that Solo film was a limited series on Disney+, Plus, I think more people would have given it a shot. But it was a film... Messy production. It started off being Lord and Miller, the guys from Jump Street and Lego Movie, brought in Ron Howard to finish the film. Yeah, it was a a troubled production. But again, the failure of that film meant we're getting Hobo Kenobi as a TV series and not a film. Yeah, that's also the reason why they have said officially now i believe that they will not do recastings of legacy characters they will only do uh the sort of work like we've seen with luke skywalker in the mandalorian and book of boba fett where it's uh an actor doing the physical role but digitally altered to be the legacy character of you know mark hamill's face and voice and mannerisms um which means were they to do anything with Solo going forward, it wouldn't be Olden. Heinrich? Yeah. I think it's Heinrich. Yeah, I didn't want to butcher his, his name, but who I think did a great job. Um, I thought it was really great. I wanted, I still want to see more. And this Honestly, is still supposed to be I... the, the Donald Glover Lando series. Ah, yeah, apparently we're still getting that. But the film Solo... I kind of kind of liked it. There's things to like. I mean, did we need his name to have an origin story? No, no, probably not. But there's things to like about that film. Yeah, I agree. I thought he did a decent enough job as Solo um, and Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Really, I mean, yeah. I even talked. I think, oh, who was talking about? I'm not sure if I read it or someone was um, talking about an idea of actually having Billy D. Williams maybe bookend the TV show. And he's recounting yeah. like adventures from his youth and then it'll cut to Lando Calavician. I guess kind of like young Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, and also it's the most complete Chewbacca story we've had as well. Like Chewie is always just there and does gets to do very little. Whereas for Solo, he did a lot, and you're like, oh, this is why he's still one of those major characters. That I mean, people always put R2D2 and C3PO in front of him when they talk about the original trilogy, but Solo got to show he 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 had earned that place, like on merit. Um, but that was still the most complete performance. That actor is still the one they used for the physicality of the performance for the sequel trilogy as well. Um, if they were to do anything with them further, they'd go back to him. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's such a hard role to cast because you need someone, you need a giant, you need a basketball player who can act <laughs> basically. Yeah, uh, I've just, uh, I just realized we've, completely got sidetracked so early (laughs) into the episode let's go back to you know obi-wan kenobi mcgregor was confirmed to be starring in august 2019 and deborah chow was hired to direct a month later production was scheduled to begin in july 2020 but the series was put on hold in january 2020 
because Lucasfilm was unsatisfied with the scripts. Joe B. Harold was hired to rewrite the series and serve as showrunner in April 2020, executive producing with Chow McGregor, Kathleen Kennedy and Michelle Rijuan. Filming began May 2021 in Los Angeles using stagecraft video war technology and wrapped by September. So even when they decided to scrap it as a film trilogy, do it as a TV show, still problems. They needed to bring yeah. this Harold guy in to rewrite what had been written previously. Yeah, and I heard ideas that it was supposed to be almost like a strange body cop, lethal weapon-esque story with uh, Tomorrow Morrison reprising his role as Commander Cody with Obi-Wan. Oh, right. and, the, and they were going to be like kind of like an old married couple with <laughs> uh, like Commander Cody kind of being the co- the dry comic relief for Obi-Wan's thing being the like fact he, like episode one he turns up and Obi-Wan's like what are you doing here how did you find me and his response is that's my point you weren't hard to track down you're doing a terrible job you need my help <laughs> oh wow um but yeah, and it, it, I get it. And some of the ideas sounded really interesting, like very Taika Waititi, if I'm honest. I was going to say that sounded a bit more tongue in cheek, whereas this show, although, you know, there's some lighter moments and there's some cool lightsaber battles, it's pretty grim. Yeah. It's pretty grim for a lot of it. I mean, they they aired the first two episodes on May 27th, and then the following weeks, for like four episodes, aired it weekly. I can see why they aired the first two together, because otherwise, if it had just been part one and you're waiting until the following week, I mean, when we're first reintroduced to Obi-Wan Kenobi, he is not in a good place at all i mean it gets to a better place as the series progresses but yeah what you were talking about before early ideas for the show as a buddy cop thing completely different it's like i don't mean to go back to the solo film but i heard one of the the criticisms is that how the directors were wanting solo to act was being compared to ace ventura yeah it was just Um too goofy too silly yeah and i get the first episode as well like it it does such a great job of getting you into the the mindset of this is broken obi-wan he has not been having a good time for these last 10 years since revenge of the sith he's as far as he's aware been responsible for the death of his best friend like he's like it's been a joke for since that movie came out of like um Yoda goes to Obi-Wan. Oh, so you accomplished your mission? And he's like, No, and he's disappointing Obi-Wan. It's like, <laughs> oh, how'd you go with the Emperor? Yeah, moving on. Like it's a big thing of like they both failed, but yeah. it's not what Obi-Wan's thought is. He's racked with guilt. He's got clearly suffering PTSD. He's a broken soul who needs to to refine himself. Like I mean, he gets asked for help because Leia gets kidnapped. Which and until says no, until <laughs> I yes, he's busy watching the boy. He's watching Luke. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't know much about what the show was going to be. I didn't even know Leia was a character in it, which seems silly when you watch it because she's so prominent. Like I say, she's yeah. in that first episode. But talking about. Obi-Wan and the, and the state that he's in, PTSD, you know, the, the guilt that he's got. We do know that this show takes place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, and I think nine years before A New Hope. So that's yeah. where this show sits. Yeah, for him to have that guilt for 10 years and to be completely cut off from the Force, yeah, we're beating a very different version of the character. Yeah, um, and it makes sense because we're introduced 
in this series to the Inquisitors, not us two, because we watched Star Wars Rebels, but, and I've also played the Jedi Fallen Order video game, which also does a great job with the Inquisitors, but most audiences were introduced to him in this, and they hunt force sensitives, uh, and the easiest way to hunt them is because if you read the books, they they're almost like bloodhounds. Use uh, of the force, um, and I, I I'd say specifically uh, overt use of the force like the manipulation, like uh, telekinesis, lifting of objects or changing someone's mind, those sort of like like uh, invasive skills or, uh, or uh, uh, manipulative skills, not sensing skills. They can feel and they're like, whoa. Um, but the opening scene with them in this really helps add that whole, I mean, they are hunters. They, they, you know, like how do you hunt a Jedi? They can't help but help themselves to help others, and we just follow the, uh, follow the breadcrumbs. You know, they've, they've long since uh, taken any names of worth, or, or you know, captured and killed any uh, Jedi members of significant fame. But Obi-Wan's not in that because he hasn't been using the force. Yeah, like and say for the assumption is by choice. Like if if someone had told me about this beforehand, I'm like, of course he's not using the force. He's keeping a low profile. But when you watch it, it's not that he's been keeping a low profile, it's because he's broken. Yeah. And he's so he's so perfectly. I mean, you get that full hour of to really drive it home and so and then you we just you're there with leia and everyone else yeah just like please be the the person i know you were and are supposed to be again but like, even even when he's he's broken he's still on tatooine he's still watching over luke yeah so he is still doing what he said he was going to be doing but yeah he's a, a different obi-wan Altogether, you mentioned you know Grand Inquisitor and the other Inquisitors hunting the other Jedi's. One of the Jedi's early on, Nari, is played by Benny Safty, one of the Safty brothers. You know the directors of Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Oh wow, that's who he is. Like certain <laughs> people like pop up in this like as a character, and I'm like, I know that voice, Zach Braff. He voices yeah. a character named Freck, a transport driver for the Imperial Mining Facility. And you're like, you're yeah. just hearing him talking. He's like, who is that? That sounds... That sounds yeah. And he's very pro-Imperial as well, which is something that you we haven't really overtly shown in, uh, especially not in live action. Like the, the Emperor's good, the Empire's good, and like we should be supporting him. And he's doing his like civic duty. It just yeah. happens to be, we know that, not for those guys. Don't, don't help those <laughs> no, guys. No, they're the, they're the bad guys. But Grand Inquisitor, played by Rupert Friend, unlike yeah. in the animated series, it was Jason Isaacs. Yeah. I mean, could could they not? I mean, I, I don't know him personally. Um, he works a lot, film and TV. I think he would have done it <laughs> if they would have asked him. And, you know... Rupert Friend, just like if Isaacs was playing the part, would have been under prosthetics. I just wonder if there's a reason why why they didn't bring him back. And originally, Friend was going to go and look at what Isaacs had done in animation, but it was series director Deborah Chow and Dave Filoni that said, no, don't look at that because we don't want you doing an impression. We just want you doing your own thing. Again, yeah. Why no Isaacs? I'm sure. I mean, he's done Star yes. Trek. Yeah, La Roca. Um, I'm sure he'd have been happy to be in Star Wars live action. Yeah, um, it's a shame because Isaacs has got such presence. Uh, that being said, Rupert Friend's delivery was so good. 
I, uh, I really not enjoyed taking watching it, yeah. him. Not but taking anything away from Isaacs him. He's as good. Well, what the big thing online was like, why isn't his head shape correct? But Isaacs has a much like more gaunt profile than Rupert Friend, and he would have been closer to the animated style that everyone's been like waiting on. That um, was so a crit- shame. Yeah. That was a criticism that I'd heard because one of the prequel films has his species and he does and they have the, the thin head, don't they? Yeah, they yeah, the, the horns. Um, right. Yes, I do know what they're called because <laughs> I mean I read so many I didn't. books. <laughs> when when you say something about Star Wars and I don't know the answer, I just assume what you're saying is correct because it yeah, it usually is. But Grand Inquisitor, like he like he he's got such a commanding presence. And then yeah. when he's seemingly killed, you're like, no chance. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, not. Absolutely. absolutely yeah, the internet, not. Was, <laughs> internet was on fire. I'm like, come on guys. Like you, you, we didn't see a body body. Like there was no shot of like, there he is clearly dead. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way they do that. Also, Darth Maul was chopped in half. And, and he survived, came back like... with robot legs. Yeah, he was yeah. he was fine. But he's yeah. he's replaced by uh, Moses Ingram, who's playing Reva, third sister. And yeah, I thought she was really good. And I didn't recognize her from anything else other than this show. And then, you know, watched episode one and thought, wow, you know, this is a cool character. And um, then looked online. And when you've got the series star and producer, Ewan McGregor, having to appeal, well, not so much appeal, but putting a statement out on social media saying, stop being awful. Like, yeah, there's no, I mean, no true Star Wars fan should be acting negatively like some people have been about the actress. Yeah, and this was a weird one because... I I'm in complete agreement, but I also feel like this was worse because before the series even like released, uh, when they right as they released the first trailer, uh, it came out that she had been warned to expect harsh treatment online from Star Wars fans. I'm like. And they they need a press statement with that. That was in in like every interview. Whenever I went to someone talking about it, and people were like, "Don't don't put that out there. You're basically ringing a dinner bell for these savages." Yeah. Like, are you having actually said that to the actress? Which, like, sure, okay. Like, you have seen this with. Uh, uh, Mary Tran from the sequels and others like I get it it and it unfortunately does happen but by being so overt before an episode had even happened it was like whoa that like I feel like they brought attention to it uh, but I st- and I'm but even now I'm still baffled I'm like what were people like offended at because her character was great she's angry as she should be she's a dark side user it's one of their main emotions is anger um she's unhinged like when she's there opposite owen and she's threatening him like yelling like i will kill this man we've seen her throw daggers at her targets chop off random people's hands to make a point like when she's threatening owen who's not cowering down I was genuinely like, uh, even though I'm like, he's got to survive. He's in episode four, but I felt that intensity. Uh, and I yeah. feel, you feel her like drive of like, I'm like her. I'm like, she sells it. She sells it. Well, that's what you want from an actor. You should buy in immediately and completely the characterization they're bringing forward. Like that's no reason to go after the actor playing them. Yeah, I like, thought she had a great presence, and I just say unpredictable. Like she's killing people, yeah. not main characters, but still, she's killing people around her and showing that she means business. And they're able to, through her character, cut to episode three and have a de-aged Hayden Christensen 
as Anakin killing younglings again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like episode yeah. three all over again. But she was a youngling that survived. She actually yeah. and that was the, survived. And... That was the opening shot of episode one was like this group of younglings like during Order 66. Uh, and very prominently, there was a, a young African-American girl in that group. Like, did people not then when uh, some force user who was a black woman attacking people go, huh, why would they show you that scene to be before that's the beginning of the episode? Like, put two and two together. It's Chekhov's gun. It's the whole thing. <laughs> you can't just show something for no reason. It's always got to have a reason. And, like, that's all I could think the whole time was from episode one. I'm like, she, she must be one of those kids in that group. Like, because they didn't resolve that scene. So it's going to come up again. And all yeah. I could think was there's a few other kids. There's a few kids of color. Like she's got to be one of them, right? Like got to be. Uh, and yeah, sure enough, when we get the revelation, yeah, she was. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> there like, we go. But it, it, um, it wasn't just Ingram that was getting negativity online as well. Vivian Lyra Blair as Leia, this young girl. She's just a, a young girl starting a career. She's a young Leia. Some An amazing people, Leia. <laughs> yeah, but some people are having issue with she's too capable and how is she outrunning all these stormtroopers? And it's like, no, it wasn't stormtroopers. Anyway, the bad no, guys. It, how it, was she? It, it was Flea from Rod Hitler's Yes, from Chili Peppers. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's how. But yeah, but people, you know, criticizing the actress, and it's like, do they not remember Phantom Menace? Yeah. And all the negativity that was getting put on Jake Lloyd, this little kid that had just been cast in this big Star Wars film. And I, I yeah. thought she I thought she was great. And does she? I mean, I was gonna say, does she act older than she actually is? And maybe, maybe a little bit, but at the same time. I've, what I've found is speaking to people, it's like people who aren't parents seem to have more issue with what or having a good grasp on what a 10-year-old can do, can't do, does know. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Too, she's way too articulate and, and how can she do this? And, and one, it's Star Wars. Two, we know the characters are more sensitive. And yeah. 10-year-olds can talk like that. And yeah, you know, yeah. So I, also, I don't think the, the criticism was raised, warranted. She's royalty. She's got had access to the best education and is used to ordering people about. Like this is not your average 10-year-old who, like, as you said, can speak is completely capable of speaking this way. I've met 10-year-olds who would like this. Uh but she's had access, she's used to people having to do as she says because she's royalty she's had the best education and she's also she's a through line she we're supposed to see shades of natalie portman's padme amidala and her force of character and she's supposed to be like an echo of that but she also needs to be reminiscent of where we know her character is supposed to end up as carrie fisher's princess Leia, <laughs> like without those obvious traits of like taking charge and cutting through the nonsense, like she, she won't, she won't line up. You can't just have a 10 year old and be like, Oh yeah, that's, that, that's what Leia's going to be. Like you can do that if they're like three or four, but when they're a 10 year old who has ideas of like the world in general, like it's, a long time ago when I was 10 years old, but I knew things I knew I shouldn't have known at 10 years old, even now. And my nephew, when he was 10 years old, like, like all of them were having big, long conversations with adults, like holding their own. They were never. Yeah. I, I and never that's had it. So the, yeah. she looks so, like a child. I, I understand yeah. like, but it's unless, like you said, unless you're around children, it's hard to spot like, as an adult, wow, 10-year-olds really are small. How was I walking around the neighborhood at 10 years old? I'm like, well, it was the early 90s. That's how. We all were. <laughs> we all yeah. were. But you know, I, yeah. I thought she I thought she was good. I liked her in this. But again, like before watching it, I didn't know Leia 
was going to be in the show. Yeah. And it makes sense. Luke is not supposed to have, he's supposed to have had a really long, uh, long, a very dull, ordinary, ordinary life when episode four starts. He's yeah. wanting to go on adventures, having never been anywhere near it. So he couldn't be the central thing. Otherwise, you've created a pothole. He does very yeah. he does very little. I mean, Grant Feely plays Luke Skywalker. So it's not a de-aged Mark Hamill. It is a new actor playing a legacy character. But um, but yeah, not for a lot at all. But Jimmy Smith's is back as Bale yeah. Argana. So that's cool. Seeing, yeah, seeing him back. Um, yeah. like and he immediately prequels. every time he's so consistent. Like it, he, it must like be putting on like an old jacket for him, just like slide into that character. Effortless, but that's how it feels. Yeah, absolutely um, effortless. And you know, he's delivering Star Wars dialogue, but it's just effortless. Like he's just so yeah. casual. Yeah, I mean, solid as always. Yeah, and uh, Simone Kessel. Uh, who plays his wife, Brea. Great. She's so good. Um, I'm not sure if she also played that role back in the end of episode three for what was basically a cameo. Yeah, I'm not sure. She's great. Um, And the funny thing thing is the name's Kessel. And of course, Solo did the Kessel run. Like, but there's honestly there's a little synchronicity in there. (laughs) But there's more things like that in this. Like we've got, Sung Kang as the fifth brother. Sung Kang in the Fast and Furious films plays a character plays named Han, Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> all these years later, now he's playing the fifth Wars. brother in Star Wars. Yeah. After years of being Han Solo <laughs> in yeah. Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, and he's great. Um, I mean, he's got I mean, he is. Performance. But he's got some like, aesthetics to help. I mean, it, it does. But like, it, it was just like, constantly telling Reaper off or like stop it you're not supposed to do that you're taking it too far you've been too evil yeah <laughs> like I, 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 you're think evil. Wrong, I think but I think he's on the wrong side <laughs> like yeah. whenever she's whenever she's killing people he's like stop stop it I'm like oh that's like your <laughs> yeah. thing I thought you meant to yeah. be well, yeah well he's about control he's about like I mean I guess it just efficiency it just, yes but yeah yeah but yeah and unfortunately that is pretty much all he gets to do. He doesn't get to do any cool fight sequences. He doesn't get to uh, do a lot. He is voice of reason in what should be an unreasonable, uh, like, unit. But, you know, pe- people have to do the work. You know, same with, there's an actress who plays uh, fourth sister, Rhea Castelt. I'm blanking on if she ever had a single line of dialogue. Her prosthetics are great, and she's always stood next to fourth brother. Uh, sorry, fifth brother. I've got fifth to be honest. Sister. I'm looking down at my notes. I don't even have her listed. Yeah, but yeah, because I'm, I'm like, did she, did she ever, ever utter a single word? Maybe not. She was in. She was in so many key scenes where he's there. Uh, and. You know, Vader's there and Reaver's there, but I'm pretty sure all the dialogue was by everyone else in the room and she's yeah. just there. I'm looking through my notes. I got nothing. I've got nothing on her. Yeah. Uh, what? I mean, Anthony Daniels reprises his franchise role as C3PO. Yeah. Tamara Morrison appears as a homeless veteran clone trooper after obviously played. The clones in previous Star Wars media and Boba Fett. Yeah, so it was and fun seeing seeing him. Back. In, yeah. Also, he was in the five hundred first armor, which is Anakin's old clone unit. Ah, and he's been discarded on the street. I'm like, oof. Yeah, they're not doing well. <laughs> no. Which also makes sense. You know, the clones were replaced by stormtroopers. What do they do with the clones? They didn't. They didn't actually use them up. Like, like, which sounds bad as well but you know these were trained soldiers bred specifically for a purpose and they replaced them with conscription because it's better for brainwashing of a population 
but didn't continue to use them. They just literally discarded them onto the street, like harsh, very, mm. uh, you know, war, war veterans, especially Vietnam, which is, you know, some of the inspiration they took for the original series. So it was good use. It's nice to see him there. Um, but yeah, it's a, the ramifications for the, the universe of Star Wars in this period just got a lot darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But but you're right, though. It was a good use of him, like having him back yeah. so soon after the book of Boba Fett. You know, he's been saying in interviews that he wants Boba Fett to go back to being a badass again. I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't it? And you got to have it as well in um, Mandalorian Season 2. It feels like they took... That was the best Boba Fett. And that that main episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who went on to do Book of Boba Fett. I mean, we did get some badass moments. He was riding the back of a rancor. That was was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, he just just had done so much to soften him that even the action stuff didn't have the same edge. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's hope for him in future. But Anakin Skywalker, yeah. let's talk Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Christensen, his back. He's not played the character since 2005. Christensen rewatched the Skywalker saga films as well as the animated series Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Rebels to prepare for the role. I love that. So do I. That's so do not I because... something all actors do, but I love the fact that he did it. And there's, there's some stunts that Vader does where it's not Christensen in there. But when he's standing around and moving, doesn't need to be really what it is. It's yeah. him in there for the most part. So I've got to be honest, outside of this series, I've not seen anything that Christensen has done in a very long time. I think the last thing I watched him in was Jumper. Remember that movie, yeah. Sam Jackson, the teleporting yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think... I thought it was cool. It is Doug Lyman directed that. That is a good film. But my point yeah. being, I've not seen this guy in such a long time. Very happy to have him back. Yeah. and But his commitment, love his commitment. The fact that he, he watched that much Star, Star Wars. Um, and yeah, to have him... Yeah. Yeah, which is important as well. It makes so much sense for for his work because, I mean, although he played the beginning of the character story uh, already in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, there was so much more content in Clone Wars that he wasn't, wasn't privy to because he wasn't doing the voice work. So to get all of that... Um, and an even better concept of like what fans have expected. Like that's the relationship that was lost with him and Obi-Wan. You only get to see, you know, a few hours worth of it in the movies where there was dozens and dozens of hours through the cartoon. Yeah. But I mean, also that's, that's again, what he's, yeah, that's what he's, he's come out and said, like with the animated no, series, seeing the that, relationship, that's what he really enjoyed how they explored that. Yeah, um, and the Vader stuff, like obviously getting into the costume in the interviews I've seen, he's talked about how it, it, no, there's no, there is no substitute. Like once you get in there, it does so much more of the work for you. You walk different. You see people's reactions in their eyes. Have a like, you know, someone's going grab someone in water, and then suddenly he steps past them, and they their entire body language changes. Um, but also, he, again, he's got a he's he's in the midpoint of a journey from where we knew he was, Revenge of the Sith, to where he's going. Uh, you know, he's he isn't quite at the Rogue One Vader destroying a hallway uh, of people. He's like, not, but at the same time, with cold efficiency, is what I'll yeah. say because yes, he's got a he's got a nasty streak in this of like where he's showing off of like when he's in the street and he's dragging oh. people, using the force, dragging them. It, yeah, and, and when he's fighting Obi Wan and Obi Wan runs off with the tail between his legs, and yeah, yeah. we we are, honestly like 
Disney does get some criticism for their handling of Star Wars, but you mentioned Rogue One there, and what we're seeing here, I think we're getting a very good portrayal of Vader from from Disney. And this show, I was watching like the day of release. I didn't miss it. I didn't wait till the next day or the day after. I had to watch it. So as I'm watching episode three, Vader's there, knowing Hayden Christensen was back. But then I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Who have they got to do Vader? He sounds just like James Earl Jones. And then you get to the end of the episode and there's his name in the credits. The guy's in his <laughs> 90s. I had no idea. But then it seemed, you know, I went online afterwards and everybody was talking about, I'm so glad that I got to experience it before knowing that James Earl Jones was in it. Because I'm watching thinking, wow, this guy doing James Earl Jones is uncanny. He's yeah. so good. But it's actually him. Oh, mate, when they get to, well, episode six, and you have the big showdown yeah. between the two, which is incredible, and the mask is all broken, and then it's cutting between Christiansen and Jones, and the modulator is not quite working right. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. It's, yeah, it's so well done. Um, the makeup's really well done. The performance is so well done. The writing, the like, the emotional impact. Um, you know, if if anyone who's watched the episode is wondering, like, what's he talking about? He killed Anakin Skywalker. That is actually in one of the Marvel comics, the by the uh, from the Charles Saul run, where he's he had to go into his own mind to take out the weakness that it was Anakin Skywalker. That's what he's referring to in that moment. So it is a canon thing from. Uh, non-cartoon, non-live action yes. source material, but it is source material that had already been written and released. Um, but it was perfect. And like that that modulation of it's almost like the echo of Anakin is in a war that we get to hear as he switches between the two actors' voices. It's it's so it's perfect. It, it, yeah, it is score through the whole thing is just soaring well john williams did the theme song i think natalie holt scored the the series it's the first time star wars has ever had a female composer but williams i think he'd said that he'd never got to score a theme for obi-wan kenobi back when we got him in a new hope yeah years later yes so john williams did the theme only. So I don't know if that means he just did the theme in the opening or that was a reoccurring thing that they used as a motif for Obi-Wan, like during fight scenes. But the, yeah, but the music, now the score was was incredible. Like it really was. But that fight scene though, let's talk about some more. It was just <laughs> it was just epic, wasn't it? But actually, honestly, yeah. I should stop saying this, but there's so many criticisms online. It's the last one that I'll bring up. Like, so many people had issue. So, episode six, when Obi-Wan leaves a battered Darth Vader, the last words he says to Vader, after saying that his friend is truly dead, are goodbye, Darth. And then people line are scoffing at that. Like, you wouldn't call him Darth. That's like, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, Darth Maul, Darth Vader, there's other Darths. Why would you call him Darth? But then if you think back to A New Hope, as he duels Vader again on the Death Star, Alec Guinness's version of Obi-Wan says, only a master of evil, Darth. Yeah. He just shows as far as he's- that. That's it. Why Anakin does... really, really is dead. But people are like saying that this Obi Wan show is ridiculous. Obi Wan wouldn't call him Darth. I'm like, hey, listen. The first thing you ever watched, whether it was in 1977 or years later, Obi Wan refers to him as Darth. Also, like, how many uh, Sith has he come across? Like, ah, oh, he's come across four. Like, has he though? Like, like. His life, as far as he's aware, Darth is a first name. Like, why wouldn't he call him that? Like, he's not going to call him Vader. Like, that's what everyone else calls him. But it's, or maybe it's like a subtle dig. Like, oh, Darth, that do you, do you want to be a master so bad that you had to go to the dark side, become a Sith <laughs> to get the rank? Yeah. Like, 
You know, he's got but that it, sassiness. Obi Wan can be it, a yeah. very sassy bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it can. Oh, I, I just want to say, I'm not sure if I said the name correctly. Did I say Natalie Holt when I was talking about yes. the composer? Because all oh, right, yeah, but that's that. She, yeah, so she composed the score while Star Wars film composer John Williams wrote the main thing. Yeah, well, she did a phenomenal job, man. Like during that sequence. As much as my jaw was on the floor watching the the choreography, the lighting, the effects, and everything else, I couldn't help but notice how amazing the score was and yeah. how well it was put together. Um, it really helped add that emotional layer that Star Wars music always seems yeah. to. I mean, she nail. did she did such a good job on Loki. And then now this. So, yes, I have to wait and see what she does next. But th- there's no, like, denying Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, he really has perfected his Alec Guinness. Like, he's so much closer to his age now when he first did A New Hope. He is so yeah. good in this. And like you say, in the beginning, he's, you know, PTSD, the guilt, all of that. And even when he's under attack, he's reaching for a blaster and not a lightsaber. Like episode yeah. two, when he was boarding the ship and he just put his hand and moved it and you saw that he had it on his belt. That was a cool moment. Okay, so he's not quite using it yet, but you know, episodes later, he's using the lightsaber and all of that. But he's just consistently good. And whether you know we get a second season, I don't know, but I'd love to get more of... Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi is so good. And that moment at the end, and he and he sees Luke there and he's about to walk off. And Owen's like, Do you want to meet him? Yeah. And he's, and he's like, Oh, what's this gonna be? And then it just Luke sees him and McGregor just goes, Hello there. You're like, oh wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's for the fans, but why not? Why the hell not? That was I mean, such yeah. a great I mean, moment. The whole series is for the fans. That's... It really is. But in interviews, uh, McGregor was asked, like, what would be a good name for the show? And he said, hello there. Yeah. <laughs> just call it that. Yeah. Oh, it, it was just such a great moment because, honestly, I was getting a little bit worried because Luke's not supposed to have met him, have known him, and it's this big thing. Like, well, I guess he does say, hey, maybe they're talking about old Ben Kenobi. Yeah, so I, there is kind of something there, but at the same time, like I'm like, no, do not have a big conversation because it might take something away. But two words, perfect. Yeah, yeah. nothing and more needed. Then we finally get to see Force Ghost Qui Gon Jinn. <gasps> yes, reprised by Liam Neeson, which, like, as soon as I. I I, I knew I had a feeling like because he does too many scenes of him like master I need you yeah. where are you I'm like you you've, you've set it up too much like I need to see Liam Neeson reprise this role He's, and it turns and it, out straight away it was a lesson all along he purposely yeah. chose not to appear because Obi-Wan yeah. needed to do this himself and yeah getting big Liam Liam Neeson back is quite gone he yeah. has said over the years, so many times that if he was to reprise his role, and it was a big if, it would only be for a film and not TV. But he yeah. did it, and I'm so glad that he did. It was, um, yeah, it was a great moment. Great, yeah. great moment. Yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest. Also... In Phantom Menace, it looked like Liam Neeson had long hair. This time, it looks like he's wearing a wig, but that's okay. He's only, yeah. you know, spending what an hour on set. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. I did, I like his, I did kind of see the um the uh Michael Scott as Qui-Con meme a little bit with the facial hair. <laughs> oh <well>. right, yes. <laughs> like the, oh. Uh yeah, and we should also mention uh Owen Lars reprised by Joel Edgerton, who is phenomenal. Uh and also Baru Lars. The the aunt with the gat <laughs> played <Yeah>. by uh <laughs> Bonnie Piercy. Like they both like you could you could 
definitely do some more stuff with them. Yeah, um, absolutely but... could. Like Edgerton, he looks a lot like he did 20 years ago. In, yeah, yeah. in this show, like they yeah, they've done a very good job there. I don't know how much is them and how much is him because we do see a digitally de-aged Hayden Christensen, which they did a very good job of. Like the de-aging technology has come such a long way. But um, yeah, Edgerton looks great in this. New characters, um, oh, in fact, another returning character first, Ian McDermott as Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. Didn't realize I needed him in this show until he gets his little hologram at the end. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, what has he been thinking about all of this? Like, not only has Obi-Wan popped up, but Vader has gone completely off the rails chasing him down. Yeah. Like, what? he's got more responsibilities than this. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he gets put in his... And he got owned as well. Like, like Steve has had to pay more money to get his boy, like, uh, uh, his armor fixed up. Like, Yeah, it, it was a great moment having the emperor in this and i was because i was hoping we would you like to say obi-wan is referring to qui-gon so i was hoping we would get him but then when we got the emperor i'm thinking maybe we won't get qui-gon then because yeah. maybe that maybe that's it so it, it was a nice reveal for both of them really but i was going to say new character played by kamal nanjiani as haja the fake yeah. Jedi. Yeah, the swindler who, as soon as I saw him, I'm reaching into your mind, I'm reaching in your mind, I'm in your mind. I'm like, <laughs> he's doing the tricks, oh, yeah. Con artist. The, the, so thing, the thing with his casting, right, and it's like when he voiced that character in Men in Black in International, just knowing him from his podcasts, um, I've seen a couple of stand-ups that he's done, like he lives and breathes this stuff. Like, yeah. he's such a sci-fi nerd, you know, whether it's Star Wars. You know, we saw him in Eternals. Uh, I know he's a yeah. big fan of the X-Files. So just knowing that he loves all of this, now all of a sudden, not only is he a part of Star Wars, he's getting his own character poster. So I was really happy for him. But at the same time, he's a very talented actor and like him in everything that he does. So he was a great addition, but then he starts off being a con man. He's out for himself, but then he gets trusted by Obi-Wan and they have some good moments together and he's looking after Leia when Obi-Wan has to go away. Yeah. Really liked him in this. Yeah, and he got to start opposite Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> like, exactly. if you're going to be in a Star Wars thing, you, the only two people you'd want to be opposite in really, well... There's so many, but most people's number one and two would be Neil McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, whether it was played by Hayden Christensen, who hopefully gets to do more work because they're going to use Vader again somewhere. Just just call up Hayden, be like, hey, you were uh, you busy? Can you come down? We like, we need you. And it's so funny, isn't it? Like, you know, when the prequels happened, you know, some people who had that, they were of an age where it was their introduction to Star Wars. And yeah, he likes the prequels, where some people really hated the prequels, and for years, for decades, and the the casting announcement of Hayden Christensen, I saw nothing but positivity, like everybody excited. Back when them films come out, yeah, not so much, not so yeah, much. So savaged. Yeah, yeah, so there's Mannequin, a lot more Skywalker. That's right. <laughs> but there's a lot more love for the prequels now, and absolutely, I think we're going to see McGregor back, and if you're going to have Darth Vader, like, yes, keep getting James Earl Jones on the phone. Let yeah. him do the voice for as long as he can. But if you want that physical presence, and even if you're just having a guy stood there, he's clearly up for it. Yeah. Keep and he's him got, he clearly has all that muscle memory from all the, uh, the, the lightsaber stuff as well, which is so specific. Um, it's like when we talked about the Star Wars, Clone Wars final uh, episodes with uh, Ray Park reprising Darth Maul. There's these little movements that immediately portray who's actually doing them. Like, it can't be faked. 
Yeah, like people it, do great impressions. It counts. There's, yeah. a gen, there's a genuine read of a person's like body language, and Hayden, uh, you get Hayden Christensen. It's, he's got it. He's got it. I mean, movements. He, you, you don't need to train a new guy. You've got something you've got perfect. Him. You've right got there. him. <laughs> there's behind the scenes videos of him training with a lightsaber. Like yeah. he's, and he's doing the moves. It's like, yeah, you've got him. Use him. So yeah, hopefully, I'm sure they will. Like, I don't think we need to hope that they will. I'm sure, I'm sure they will. I think we've pretty much talked about. Oh no, there's a couple of people that we haven't mentioned. Tala Durath, uh, she's played by Indira Varma. Yeah, she's from a Game big of one. Thrones. Everyone is the easiest way to point her out, but she's for, for me an actual imperial agent. She was realized she's on the wrong side. Yes, yes. Which was, yeah, which is an interesting um, character motivation. It wasn't Game of Thrones for me. I knew her from series one of Luther. She oh, was his she ex. Is. Yeah. That's yeah. when I, yeah. So whenever I see her, my mind goes to Luther. Um, but you're right. Yeah. Most people, it would be Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. She, she was really good in this, really likes the character and the character ultimately ended up sacrificing with her life like she yeah. took it as far as she could and she was building a bond with leia and that's what i really liked about this show where i mean the, the clues in the title it's star wars like, there's going to be casualties in war and yeah. you know we're getting it with Reva, and then we're also seeing it with this character and you know, we've got O'Shea Jackson in this as well as Roken. And, you know, he's you know in charge and he sends people out on a mission and not everybody comes back. But there yeah. is there is stakes with this show, which I did really like. But um, characters in this, new and old, there's so much to like. Yeah. And what I liked about their two characters... Um... Uh, Sully as well, played by Maya Erskine, is what I'm looking forward to with Andor, and which we got in Rogue One from uh, Diego Luna, is these are people who are haunted, uh, especially Tala, because she's been responsible for bad um, and realised, and she, it's like there's... Uh, read in her ledger she'll never get clean she'll never balance those books but she's trying her hardest um and you know roken who's losing people but still continuing like he's not letting his head drop he's shouldering it and pushing forward um even at that personal cost um it's good it's it's the rebellion at this stage is supposed to be like there are survivors there aren't winners <laughs> they haven't gotten to victory parts yet like that you know their first victory if you remember the opening crawl their first victory against the empire doesn't come until rogue one like before that it's a it's a lot of loss yeah like <laughs> again war like there's yeah. casualties and you definitely feel the stakes with with the show so on that if you're going to rate this show out of five I have to say, uh, personal enjoyment was definitely five out of five um, because I'm such a sucker for Star Wars. I'm such a su sucker for Obi-Wan. The emotional beats landed for me. The aesthetics, the music, everything hit me emotionally. But if I was going to recommend, I couldn't give it that high because there are a few stumbling blocks um, in terms of how it was all it all played out initially. Um I probably I'm going to stay fairly high though. I'm going to go four out of five. You do have to let some of your uh, own uh, preconceptions stay away from it because I know people are like that's not the that's not my Obi Wan Kenobi from the from Episode One. I'm like, uh, yeah, but. Uh, people have PTSD all the time just because you've only ever seen him on highs. Like you got to get that out your head. Like, oh, he seems like he's not making the right decisions. I'm like, 
he hasn't been active like for 10 years. If, if you went to a job you hadn't done, you did 10 years ago, but hadn't done since and went back to it, like, would you have stepped straight back in like another time it happened? No, I can tell from personal experience, like <laughs> when you go, when you go to do something you haven't done for a very long time, you're a beginner again. Like it and is, he's being shot like, at. So yeah. 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 <laughs> the stress. stakes are much higher for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, yeah. Four out of five. I, I enjoy it. I think it was done well. It is fan service, but you know, we've been demanding this basically for 10 years. But the right, I'm just the right happy. Kind, that- yeah. It is fan service, but the right kind of fan service. I mean, which is what yeah. we're in, the, in right now. Like we get, we get our hello there meme in a Obi-Wan series voice uh, played by your McGregor. We get style, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home that we get out Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's being reprised. Like this has never been a better time for us to get what we ask for, but you know, don't expect them to be uh, 100% to your specific taste because they've got to make concessions to allow this in the first place. So just allow them yeah. to tell a story and enjoy what we get. Because if people are going to be that vocal, they're not going to bother again. Like, yeah. and I want more. Yeah, I, want more I mean, I'm sure, want. I'm sure Disney are going to bother again. <laughs> They're going to continue yeah. to make more Star Wars, more Marvel. Yeah. It's going to, they're going to continue. Um, yeah, for me, I'm also going to come in at a four out of five. It's more so pacing. Which, you know, I was talking about those first two episodes, airing them together or releasing them together is the best way to go. The slow the story's slow, but it's supposed to be slow. Like it's yeah. When when it's when it's good, it's great. Like, you know, they there's so many really good moments and yeah, but it's it's not it's not a perfect show. Just six episodes. I think that's the shortest of the Star Wars shows. So far, I think that was a good episode count for the story they were telling. Um, but it yeah. definitely is a good show. It's a really good show. It's a it's a four four out of five. And Ewan McGregor as Obun Kenobi, we knew it already, but he's perfect. Like he's yeah. so good. So hopefully he had a good enough time on this and and we get more because I mean, generally the the reviews for for this have being positive yeah and you know I, I, i'm gonna say it again i want more give me more like i'm just loving them that and this is a tv show like if they had asked me for money i would have happily handed over my my hard-earned money for this annual but, subscription or monthly yeah. subscription you you have you have paid them but i said to the yeah, the, the reviews were generally positive. Critics praised the action sequences, McGregor and Christiansen's performances. So there you go. Yeah. Hayley Christiansen finally getting his dues. And the series director, uh, Deborah Chow, also got some praise. But the writing, the writing did get criticised a little bit. Hopefully yeah. they weren't criticising Hello there, because that's perfection. You can't criticize yeah. that. Uh, Deborah yeah. Chow, I think she directed every episode. I'm every pretty single sure. episode. Yeah, I thought yeah. I saw her name each time. And she had previously directed episodes of The Mandalorian. So then and Boba, the Book of Boba Fett. She's been like one of their go-tos, um, especially for big for action sequences. Um, I believe she did the uh, Mandalorian season one episode, which was like the on the prison ship. Like that, that job, right? Um, yeah. And she she done other ones as well for, as I said, for Book of Boba Fett and stuff. But she's she really understands, especially uh, action sequences that uh, drive character. Like it, you know that they by going through this, a character's beats like they the the characters. Uh, way of addressing an action sequence really feels genuine to the character it's not just i I had this action sequence put out and these are the characters i've given so they're doing it but also that the story arc for that character is improved through his action sequences again talking about this show the first attack episode three obi-wan 
wants to run away and he's getting brutalized. He's getting burned. He's getting even more PTSD from Vader. And then by the time we get back to it, for episode six, he's, uh, he's proper Jedi master. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, before that... He's schooling his... his, uh... Yeah. But before that, one time gets buried alive. Vader thinks he's won. Vader thinks he's got the high ground. But no. Obi-Wan and he's raising the rocks. And anyway, we've done the review. We've done the rating. (laughs) And we're still still talking. That's it for our episode all about Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you would like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.